Welcome to The Guardian, a podcast aimed to educate citizens about law enforcement practices. I'm your co-host, Felicia Morris. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about the importance of social media and digital media in law enforcement. Today, I have with me Mr. Chief of Police, Mark Ballard. Um, I also have our guest today, who is director and an instructor of communications at Mississippi State University and former executive director of the North Carolina Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Karen Brown. Welcome, you guys. Uh, And I am Felicia Morris. I will be your (laughs) co-host on our episodes. Um, Ms. Brown worked in different forms of journalism and communications after starting her college career in Iowa as a broadcast journalism major, which is the same as me. Um, She taught both broadcasting and as well as public relations as a professor. Welcome, Ms. Browning. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be here on this first episode. <laughs> well, we couldn't think of a better guest for you, uh, for you to be here. And uh, I thank you for joining our podcast because this is our first one. And you had a little bit to do with the original idea. You want to tell our audience about it and how we came across it? Absolutely. So one thing that the Starkville Police Department has done extremely well is partnered with Mississippi State in so many ways. But two times the department has been a client with our PR and organizations class. And out of those those two classes, one of the recommendations was a podcast that would be able to be heard by anybody who wanted to listen to it, but allow people inside of the police department, so to speak. And so being able to cover various topics at a very low cost. And the other thing, too, that I love about podcasts, we started a podcast in the college because one day I was looking at the statistics and the numbers, and I couldn't believe the numbers of what they were of people that wanted to listen to podcasts, especially in the car. That's right. That's right. And all ages. Um, And so they were rising in popularity. And I thought this was during COVID. You've got a captive audience where we can tell them about various topics. And so to me, you all doing the podcast is one of the best things this department could do to reach out to not just the community, but as you mentioned, nationwide. No doubt. And I think it's time. I think when you deal with so many issues in law enforcement, they're not getting addressed. And in a 10 second clip within the news media, uh, with the pressure going on to the next story, You have so many subjects out there that you need a more in-depth discussion, and you're not going to get it on a meme through a tweet or anything like that. You're only going to get it through real talk. And one of the things that we want to do with this podcast is we will talk about any issue. We're going to be politically neutral in this. Uh, It's going to be fact-based to really try to educate our uh, community and, like you said, uh, at a national level, Mm -hmm. uh, if we can get that following going. Um, And to really armed uh, education, you do not have a lot of education on police procedures or the why. And so that's why we have really decided to say, hey, let's do a podcast. Because if you look at generalities, uh, the law enforcement community is not as effective in the outreach as they should be. And we can't talk about it and not do it ourselves. And so this is something that, again, like you said, logistically, we figured that we could do. We're going to try doing it twice a month. We are already reaching out to guest speakers to talk about different areas of expertise and the importance of communication led us straight to you. We've got, you and I have got a long working relationship and it's, it's very important uh, to, for the men and women in uniform, they're doing things right. And Karen, I, you know, I mentioned it before the podcast, probably the moment that set this thing from 
idea and in something written on paper to activity is the frustration when I sit there and I watched an advertisement. It's a national advertisement to dedicate it for the, quote, the men and women that do sacrifice in uniform. And naturally, you know, I'm, I'm prior service. You got, you know, the military branches were represented. The fire department was represented. Uh, nurses were represented. All amazing fields, right? Right. But one of the things that broke my heart is the, the men and women and I that, that serve in law enforcement. I didn't see that uniform represented. And... I recognize we are losing this thing. And and the idea that you are going to go out and you're going to have a positive image without uh, talking about the why and talking about and addressing your some of the critics head on. And I'm not saying I'll be very clear. There's any organizations going to have people that are uh, maybe shouldn't be in it. There are bad teachers. They're bad preachers. Uh, they're bad doctors. They're bad police officers. But this is a profession that really is outstanding, the sacrifices that they make. And for them not to be on that that advertisement that I saw uh, was extremely frustrating. And that's when I came together with uh, uh, our public information officer and some of our interns. We began this to take the ideas from that class and say, hey, we, we pulled it out and we said, let's go with it. So One thing, too, that just happened to us recently on our podcast the university had had a big town hall meeting and they talked about an issue, but then we had that person on our podcast and people said they understood it better after hearing her talk on our podcast. And I think it's because it's a conversational delivery. Also, too, you're listening to the podcast by yourself and so you don't have those distractions. So I think it will help clarify a lot. And like you said, bring to light what officers do for our community and to protect our people. Well, I think also it's like bridging the trust and everything within the community because this is a way, I mean, we'll be talking about social media and digital media throughout today. And it, it, it really is important to be able to trust the people who are in charge of keeping you safe. And I feel that something like this would be a great way to bridge that and kind of be able to trust your law enforcement officers again, because you will be able to understand the different practices that they have to go through and the different procedures and everything, and you'll be able to understand a little bit more instead of just, you know, guessing on on how they feel and what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> to take it back on what you were saying about trust and issues, the, the frustrating thing is that the only time really law enforcement is branded on the news is when it does something bad, right? And the streets are violent. I think that that's something that uh, I've been an advocate for, saying that you know, our body cameras are a great thing, uh, but they show the reality of the working environment. That's why we're in a recruiting crisis nationally. That's why we're in a retention crisis. Uh, people are starting to see what addiction brings. They're starting to see what the violence out there brings. And there's no hiding it. It's not like the episode of Cops where you put your best police officers out there and it was somewhat controlled. Uh, now people are keenly aware of what's going on. So the negative imagery, and, and for our audience, they can enter in police and hit image. I guarantee you it's going to come back negative. What parents want their children to go into law enforcement? What, you know, spouse would support their their loved one to go into law enforcement? And that's something we have to change the narrative of. It is an extremely important profession. It's one that if when you watch the Super Bowl, I will give anything instead of just seeing, uh, you know, the Marine Corps or the United States Army, idealistic and driven, uh, service above self that law enforcement get together and produce an image out there that is uh, rightfully 
of the sacrifices there are men and women so people can be safe when they go shopping, so they can be safe when they decide to come and event to communities like Starkville. Um, you know, that is something that we're not doing a, a, a good job at. Uh, so again, with the podcast and, and the importance of communication, um, I, I think that that is critical and that's why we're doing it. I love that point that you made and you are a member of military. You have that background. Um, but why aren't we saying that officer that is sacrificing their life for you every single day needs the same accolade? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when you look at uh, the sacrifices that the officers make in a, in a real funerals, right? Um, this isn't just something on television. Um, people are surprised. Uh, I think when you start looking nationally at the sacrifices of officers that are assaulted or killed and, and, Again, this is a violent, violent world. And when you look at those numbers, to not be represented in an advertisement that was about we support the sacrifices of those in uniform, it was a moment and one that hopefully can generate uh, throughout this profession to say, enough. Let's start talking about the men and women that are doing it right and uh, and, and doing it how it needs to be and that, you know, we can join in ostracizing those that do it wrong. But let's call it out for what it is. Let's elevate this profession to to the level that it needs to be, both in education and, and um, training and, and resources to where, uh, you know, regardless of your demographic, and one thing everybody's got in common, they want a professional showing up behind that batch and gun, mm-hmm. right? right? And that is why I consider myself a reformist. I want to get this profession at the highest levels possible, and we're not there. And uh, the only way we're going to get there is by educating uh, the community, a.k.a. voters, that, you know, support law enforcement, support public safety. And we're blessed here in Starful um, in the fact that we have, whether you're from industry, whether you're from education, whether you're from campus, whether you're um, bankers, our, our night out on crime, you know, uh, our, it was amazing results because we've got a community that understands public safety and economic development go hand in hand. And I think some communities are finding out that you have to have that. Right? Absolutely. Well, and the thing, too, about bringing to light the the officers who do it right and the different uh, um, officials who are doing what needs to be done is you're also giving a sort of role model to the newer generation who's coming into these professions. And I mean, I, I know that we have two officers here who I have seen in action and everything, and they have and honestly wowed me with their professionalism and everything, even when people are yelling at them and th- things like that. We have two that I really feel like are perfect role models just here in Starkville. And I know that that is, you know, you have some in every state, every city, every town, that there are some bad ones, but there are some where they really should be at the forefront of how you should act, how you should do this job, because that is the perfect way to look at it and this two officers that we have here it's it's a perfect example of how to be as an officer no doubt um uh, people all the time uh, come up with their support chief you're doing a good job I, I i can't say it enough it's not me i just happen to be blessed in the fact that i've got some amazing people that do amazing things normally at two or three o'clock in the morning when they're doing those things i'm sound asleep i don't <laughs> have a clue i wake up and, and the beneficiary of it so you know, and like any organization, you're going to be challenged. Sometimes people let you down, but this is a human business. They mean a human being that doesn't make mistakes, right? And uh, the key for us is uh, how do we look at it? Is it a training issue? Is it a disciplinary issue? 
Uh, is it a standard issue? Is it, you know, the investment? Like any other uh, executive administration, you have to go in and you have to evaluate that. But by and large, overall, we got some amazing people. And I think our national accreditation process shows that. And I'm very excited to have it. But with that being said, Karen, let me bring it back to you. Um, tell me about your experiences, why communication, why you chose the fields that you went into, and the, and how important is communication when you're dealing, like with law enforcement on sensitive issues, tough issues uh, that people never forget, like death notification and things like that. Tell us a little bit about your background and why you got into the fields that you got into. You know, it's interesting. My path has crossed with law enforcement in so many different ways. And first was as a reporter. Yeah. And so usually reporters and police knock heads, right? They're typically not in agreement. Yeah. You're the bad guys for the record. Exactly. We're the good guys. Yeah. <laughs> but I fell in love with telling stories. And that's what really got me into broadcasting. I loved being able to tell accurate information and as a reporter, it was really neat to be able to experience something and share that story with people that couldn't be there. Sure. And so that was really great. When I was in North Carolina, well, I should back up. As a reporter, I hated death notifications. I had to typically be the reporter who was there as police were giving a notification. Wow. And I absolutely hated that aspect of my job. It was defensive, yeah. Yeah, I kept thinking, we shouldn't be here right now. This is yeah. horrible. Then I learned how law enforcement typically don't have a lot, you know, you and I have talked about this, don't have a lot of training in death notification. Right. And so that got me associated with Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Then when I was looking for a job in North Carolina, they needed an executive director. And right. so it fell into my lap. But there I worked with a lot of law enforcement. Right. Um, And I loved being able to tell the story of what law enforcement were doing. And I think, as you said, there's so many perceptions out there that are negative. And boy, now with social media, yeah, anybody is an expert or thinks that they are. And you get that little tiny glimpse of what actually happened. And that's where something like this podcast is so effective. But I think I love being a communicator because I feel very strongly in that because we talk, People think automatically and they know how to do it and do it well. And so being able to share how to effectively communicate for so many different people and different businesses is what draws me to it. Excellent. I love it. Well, and with communications and and police and everything, it's funny because you think I I can't believe how many people I've told, you know, oh, I'm a communications major. What are you going to do with that? Like, it, it's mind-boggling to me because every single thing that you do has some form of communications involved. And that, especially in um, police and in law enforcement, there's so many different things. I mean, down to the technology that you use to communicate with each other, it's like the radios. I mean, it, it's all over the place. And communication changes. So right now, especially with technology changes in communication, it's hard to keep up. Yes. But that's one thing I love that the police department is doing is keeping up with those changes, finding out what's the best medium to communicate with your audiences. Yeah, no doubt. You have to. And you're talking about a profession that uh, recently, uh, uh, in a presentation with our uh, Rotarians here in Starkville, uh, we took a clip or picture, if you will, of the Los Angeles Police Department in the 1990s. And we took the same clip of the Los Angeles Police Department from the 1940s. The only thing that really changed from the gun belt was that of radar. 
And you're talking about an industry that did not really change. It was traditional. It went off of what it did 20, 30 years on. Now look at your executive requirements. It was someone that had been in the industry for a long time, not necessarily judged by uh, standards uh, of, you know, progress, but judged by, you know, uh, effectiveness or political, you know, appointments and stuff like that. Then you take, in fact, when the cameras started coming on, again, the body cameras, it started changing things, and it's changed things quickly, and all of a sudden, like, wow, uh, real exposure. And I, I used it in that presentation to say it was almost like a jet with the turbo engine zone, how much technology is impacting this industry. It's wide open. And to take it back, Felicia, on the importance of communication, that front is now wide open, and uh, Sergeant Lovelady's over there, our public information officer, he knows this. No position is probably more critical right now than the public information officer. You've got to be able to deliver it, deliver it factual, deliver it on point, and it's 24-7. They jokingly call him, a.k.a. roommate, in the department because whatever, <laughs> while people are out having a great time, you know, they leave the game uh, on a game day, uh, maybe you got a Mississippi State LSU game and, and all the partying going on. About 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, the, the information flow starts coming in. We know we're going to be dealing with the media probably about 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's 6 o'clock in the morning. We're having coffee and we're going ahead going over, hey, you know, here's the points that we need to really hit on this. And uh, so the weekends, you're not off. The public information officer is still very new, just as an analyst is. Uh, for a lot of these mid-size agencies, obviously I'm not talking about the metros, but a mid-size agency, and the communication has never been more important. So I don't know what you're going to do when you get when you graduate, but uh, public information officer, you got an outstanding footing right now too. And you'll to always have a job. That's <laughs> right. that's right. Yes. <laughs> um, well, and and the other thing too is like um, when it comes to social media and law enforcement, it's kind of like it it shows the human side in two different ways. It shows the human side as in, you know, the mistakes that they make and that kind of thing. And it also shows the human side as far as when they do right and when they do good. And it shows, you know, this is still a person behind the badge. It's still a person who is going home to their family every day. That's right. And it, it, I think that social media and communications are, are undeniably important when it comes to law enforcement because it is something that you can't go without. And that transparency, you mentioned that before, what better platform to be transparent on than social media? And it's almost a double-edged sword, isn't it? It is. It, it can be so dangerous in some aspects, but to me, and I tell my PR students this all the time, social media is the best thing that ever happened to two-way communication. Right. It's not just top-down and you're not just taking it all in. It does give you that ability to have that relationship and dialogue, and that can be very beneficial. We know it can also be yeah. out of hand. <laughs> we went into this weighing very heavily. Listen, it doing right isn't easy. You know, you're told all the time doing right is easy. Doing right sometimes can be the hardest thing to do, but you better believe in it. You better do it. It is easy to close off as a police department. It is easy to, you know, try to run for media, trying to be very limited in the information, and some agencies choose to do that. We chose this platform knowing our people are going to make mistakes, knowing that there are going to be issues out there that are going to be, you know, enormous for us. 
And to be able to do that and do that and uh, to talk about it or to talk about as much as we can pending, you know, a civil or criminal, there's going to be the downside of this. How can you be transparent and only when you want to? It doesn't exist like that. And so we weighed out the pros and cons. If we're going to do this and we believe in it, we're going into it with a full understanding that our people might make mistakes. And those keyboard warriors are going to be out there just, you know, throwing the stones that, you know. The trolls. The, the trolls. <laughs> they exist. But what are the benefits from our audience in listening uh, when they're on their way home? They're passionate. So many people care about public safety now. When they turn on the news, it is not a joke. It is very real. And uh, so many people have came forward and said, how can we help? What do we need to do? And uh, this is one of the ways that we can help follow us, uh, you know, uh, draw off some of this information. Tell us what you want to listen to. And that way we can connect with our audience. We can start to build this thing to where not only do we have supportive uh, people of public safety, we have people that are educated in public safety that support us. And that is a true force multiplier going back kind of to the military uh, side of things. And that's how you really start to change the narrative of, you know, the people that put on the badge and gun are, you know, just out to get you. And that's so not true. No, I, I think you said it better than I've ever heard it before. And what I... What I really respect, and I have been on committees where they say, well, we can't do that because there's too much risk of the trolls, but you've, the audience is there. It's the best way to show transparency. There may be mistakes, but the be the good outweighs the bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you're yeah. able to talk to these, these different agencies and everything, and if you're in a town where you do have some kind of d disgruntlement with the, the police department, um, social media allows you to interact with them and talk to them. And if it wasn't there and if the agency was a little bit more closed off and everything, then it wouldn't be as open of a space and it would feel like they are, you know, like maybe not being as honest, maybe not being, you know. And right. when you have something like this where it's a podcast and we're trying to, you know, educate and, and explain different things and different avenues and everything, it helps people feel a little bit more safe and a little bit more understanding of the understanding absolutely you know and and it it really can strengthen a bond it has the potential to break it entirely but it, it really can help strengthen a bond between community and police department as well yeah and you know my experiences with the complaint uh, a lot of times it is not the complaint is up on the officer where they misunderstood policy, misunderstood procedure, didn't understand what the officer was doing. But most importantly, what they wanted to do was be able to talk to someone in charge and to make sure that accountability was there. And if you've got that, if you're responsive as an agency, then you go a long, long way in handling um, a complaint. Again, the, the rarity for the number of calls that we handle, and officers will tell you, we rock and roll. Yes, we are a small town. And we had a former officer transfer in, and uh, I said, Steve, we're a little bit busier than your small town. She said, Chief, I want to be very clear here. You might say you're a small town, but you're so different than a small town. And it is with <laughs> all this. Yeah, I mean, and the students are our greatest asset. They drop our, what, our median age probably is down to 25 when you include the student population. So we are a city that is a day city, night city. We drive a lot of calls, and most of the time, these calls are handled perfectly. You mentioned two mentors earlier. Uh, I'd say that, you know, we've got 62 on the books. We're trying to make it to uh, 72 uh, in our hiring. 
I, I think that I've got 62 mentors. Uh, they just need to all find their, their strengths and, and their area. And again, Felicia bringing this up, being an intro, I look forward to dealing with the students. Uh, again, taking it back to Karen's class. Um, a national accreditation is always about self-improvement, evolution. And if we weren't willing to listen to others and to take their perspectives and, and truly marinate as to why, we wouldn't be here today. And the students always provide a little bit of insight. They're very good in technology, right? Uh, the generation of officers we are today, they get it. Uh, they understand it. Um, but to be able to get those perspectives are very important. So it, while we don't have a particular demographic we're marketing to, I would love to see across all social uh, economic backgrounds, uh, the students, locals, uh, people in Alabama, Tennessee, whoever's you know out there listening that we can hit issues head on and really leave you with a positive feeling. I believe in that end, it's light begets light. We've got a lot of good things going on, but you're not going to hear it if you turn on necessarily the news and what you read sometimes. I think even reporters, if they're being honest, the negativity that's out there is tremendous. It's probably tough for them not to occasionally put yeah, out the positive stories. Well, and and unfortunately with how our society is and everything, it, it really is like you have to find something interesting. It has to be interesting or it's not going to be heard or seen. Controversial. Right? Controversial. Yeah. It, and and it, if it gets people talking, whether it's good or bad, then that's what's going to drive people to listen to their podcasts or, or tune into the news and that kind of thing. So it, until you find like an interesting topic and everything, you're just going to be sitting there and, and waiting, you know? Yeah. No doubt. And they say after 2020, people want fun. And so sometimes it's hard to take those serious topics and make it fun, but you're absolutely right. They want it quick. They want it interesting. Um, one thing I have to tell you, you all have nailed it with the Twitter account. <laughs> I had some of my form, some of my students were saying the nine o'clock routine, the nine o'clock routine. And I yeah. thought that's exactly what they wanted to do. But it's almost like you look forward to getting that tweet. And yeah. so it it's, you all have done a great job with this. And I think this podcast is going to take law enforcement to the next level like you said not just starkville right police but police everywhere being able to truly see what officers go through and i, and I wanted to bring up the twitter also um because i i think that it's a great thing when i first started um when i was offered the internship and everything i did my research and everything and I was looking at their Twitter and I had never had a Twitter before. <laughs> Honestly, I had never had a Twitter before. I was like, you know, everyone's telling me I need to get one if I'm a communications major. And I got one. And when I looked at it, it, it was stuff like that. The nine o'clock uh, routine, the 9 p.m. routine, the 9 p.m. routine. And I was like, that's great. That, that is something that I mean, and, and you can really tell that sometimes it's it's it is strict stuff. It is like, you know, hey, Close your doors, lock your doors, you know, and sometimes you can tell that there's some personality behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a team effort, no doubt. It is. What's your favorite one? Uh, my favorite one was actually uh, one of our officers, uh, Corporal Lacey, and our dog, um, Kojak. And they gave the bio of Kojak, right? Uh, you know, he's he's Eastern European. He came in and was selected Secret Service, this and that. <laughs> and, and Lacey was down kneeling with Kojak and looking off. They were both looking off in opposite directions. And then, you know, the sergeant put in there, Corporal Lacey, we're still not sure about. And I cried <laughs> laughing because if you know Lacey and know his personality and know the interdepartmental joke, and, and that one I think probably got a thousand 
you know, uh, views right off the department itself because it was so good. But, you know, it was simple, but it, it, it shares uh, the personalities that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so with Karen, you know, as we get ready to wind this thing down, uh, what do you think is important for our audience to know as we move forward, as we come across our our first podcast, what are some something that you want to close with today? I think it would be great for people to be able to share some topics okay. that they would want to hear on the podcast and also just to share the podcast. And really, if you want to enhance your community, get involved with your police department in supporting your police department. Like you said, if we want to improve economic development and just the camaraderie in our community and safety to tell people about this podcast, recommend topics to be covered. Um, it's a great way for you to communicate that's with a, what's happening here. That's an excellent idea to get the audience buy-in and to start driving it. And the, again, don't assume that we know what they want to hear. Let's let's hear from them what they want to hear. Yes. No doubt. Um, yeah. So Again, it is an absolute honor and pleasure to have you here. Thank you for the inaugural podcast. I'm so honored. <laughs> yes. Uh, we look forward to hopefully having you back uh, as we get off the ground and start gaining uh, speed with this. And uh, Maybe you can be on our 100th. Yeah. Yeah. Count me back in. on the 100th. Count me in. Perfect. Um, yeah, thank you. And Felicia, I'll pitch it over to you. Great. And that is it for our first podcast. Uh, we would like to thank everybody for watching or listening. And we will see you guys again very soon with a new guest and new topics. Thank you. Take care and be safe.